Hi, quick hello, and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Sarah Tahu. Thank you for having me, Jason. Super excited right. to be Brilliant. here today. And it's always better when I sing it. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming along. We're going to be talking about SEO strategy mastery, results-driven growth. And I think from an SEO perspective, a lot of the times we forget about results and we forget about business and we focus on the KPIs that we like as geeks and as super enthusiastic, googly and bingy people. Is that a fair assessment? Yep. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, and before we do that, we always have the brand SERP. And here we have Sarah's and she has a lovely knowledge panel. Uh, author at Search Engine Land, and what we're seeing in the SEO industry is a lot of SEOs being tagged uh, by Google as writers, and that's super interesting. Sarah, you don't have a subtitle, but I'm sure you will soon. Uh, and I can also see there in the images uh, Austin, our friend, Edsa which I can't actually say his name properly, um, who's another delightful SEO. And you have a picture of you which looks like a a 3D AI image down there, is that right? Yeah, I think that's the one I use on my Twitter. Right, okay, brilliant. So how did you get the knowledge panel? Uh, I actually read one of your articles. <laughs> oh, right, brilliant. Ooh, I... Yeah, yeah, and um, so I added the schema. I uh, did, like made sure that whatever people, like if someone is using my work or to link back to me, got as, as much as possible uh, valuable links linking to me and yeah that sort of thing right so for a smart seo getting a knowledge panel is child's play <laughs> i mean um you, you you need to do the work right yes. um a part of it is <laughs> yes part of it is you need to be contributing to the industry yeah. writing um, uh, having some maybe having some level of like social presence, that sort of thing. You, you need to do the work. It's it's not. It looks simple as as a if, like as in steps, but uh, there's a lot of effort in the background. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. I wasn't trying to trap you with that. It is no, actually no, no, no. a very simple three step process. And as you yep. say, if you do the work, it really is simple. But you need yep. that consistency. You need to do the work. You need to be present, and you need to be. Um, I, I've already said consistent, enthusiastic, we'll add to that. So enthusiastic, consistent, and do the work. And the schema markup definitely helps. I mean, isn't that the case with all SEO, right? Any SEO work, you need to do the work, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And that's a wonderful segue. You should be the host on this because you've just oh, segued no. into SEO strategy. And the two things I love, and we're going to start with SEO is not a checklist. And I yep. think for a lot of agencies in particular, a lot of people and a lot of companies, they're looking for a checklist. Now, why or how do you argue against that? How do you get people to understand it's not simply going through a list of things that you have to do? Not everything is going to bring the same value to all businesses, mm. right? For example, fixing broken links. Uh, if you have five, six broken links on a website that's like that has like 100K URLs, yeah, it's good to fix them, but that's not going to move the needle, right? Like, yeah. uh, but if you have thousands of broken links for any reason on a, you know, on a on a the same website, that may be an issue. So, it's not just going through a checklist and just uh, Core Web Vitals is such a like a interesting flashy term. People like, uh, yeah, literally, yeah. I have clients reach out to me 
hey, Sarah, we're looking to do SEO and Core Web Vitals. Like it's like uh, it's so important that we have to mention it on its own. And uh, it, you know, it's I've, I always tell people it's a very high effort um, task and very low impact most of the time, right? Um, so it's it's not. While you do need to go through the checklist when you're doing your audit, but when it comes to execution, you need to prioritize what's actually going to bring the most value to the business. Ooh, which leads me to the idea you have, I would assume, then a checklist, and then you go through it, and then you say which is going to be the most important. You move things around for yeah. the specific client, for the value it's going to bring. I mean, the way I do it is I go through the checklist, but uh, I have like uh, impact, effort, uh, priority fields next to it. Ooh, so I like high that. impact. Yeah, and, Ooh, and do you have numbers in them? I used to have numbers, but then I, I like I, it, it complicates things because you need the formula and stuff. And I was like, okay, uh, I did some research, consulted with a few people, and the best thing I found is have T-shirt size, uh, like small, medium, large, high impact or low impact or medium mm. impact, and then the same with priority and the same with uh, effort, right? And it's, oh, it's sorry, just, just to point out that my immediate thought was let's have a score from one to ten, make it really complicated. And you're <laughs> right, let's bring it down to small, medium, large. I, I was th I thought the same way as you did, and actually that's how I learned about this in the beginning. Like the first time I saw this approach was with numbers, but then it's it just gets too complicated. And uh, you want to communicate this to different people who are not technical, for example, or. Uh, like you don't want to get like spend t 10 minutes trying to explain to a client how did you come up with this number and why does it make sense or make sense or so yeah uh less is more sometimes yeah all right but i used to have a, a google spreadsheet with my satisfaction with the clients and i had too many clients at one point which was really lovely and i had happiness for me uh money for me and uh, success for them. And then I would decide which clients I kept and which ones I didn't using my client happiness score. Uh, that like was that. back in the day when I had too many clients and it was delightful and wonderful and it's not the case so much anymore. But, and it was similar, but I used numbers and I think now I could have simplified my whole life with small, medium, large. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> wonderful. I mean so. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, Go no. Uh, I was just going to say is that usually, even in, in any SEO process, it's it's good sometimes to step back and see if it can be simpler. You know, ooh. just, yeah. No, 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 sorry. I, I, I was saying, ooh, not to interrupt you, but no, say, yes, no, no. yes, yes, yes. Uh, simple is great. Simple is difficult, ironically. Yeah. yeah. And it takes time to get down to simple. You are listening to Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Barnard. Now, back to the show. Uh, how do you manage that within an SEO project? When you start with something, you've got so much data, so many demands, so many opportunities, so many things you can do. How do you simplify? Okay, I, th I don't think I shared this before, but funny thing is that I spend a big portion on working on any task, just thinking how would I approach this task, not executing the task, actually. I just think, okay, what's oh. the best, easiest way uh, that makes more sense and bring over, like, uh, if it's not simple, I think there's something is wrong. And I try, because it, it needs to be simple and, and make sense. And if it's too, too complicated, there's something 
is not right. And sometimes I feel, okay, maybe it's complicated because I don't know what I'm doing exactly. I, I'm not joking. Yeah. Sometimes I say, right? Like I had a client one time ask for um, competitor analysis and they said a lot of stuff. They need like some sort of report and I started working on it. And halfway through it, I realized I have no idea what exactly they need. They mentioned tons of things, but what are they looking for, right? And you're doing all this work. So from that point, I learned that sometimes I need to sit back and imagine what's the right output and the easiest way to get there. Which is a, a brilliant point. And then do you also find that if it's too complicated for the client to understand, then it's probably not a good idea? Yeah, definitely, yeah. And, uh, and, and okay, I, I was just thinking about this example recently. Uh, CTR experiments. Right. You can. I, I okay. To do a CTR experiment, you need a client that understands that it's an experiment that it can fail. If you have a client that doesn't have this uh, understanding, uh, maybe you shouldn't do CTR experiments. Unfortunately, right? Oh. Um, which is such a great loss. So uh, sometimes you need to choose or try to make. To, to, to make sure that whatever you're talking about is clear and understandable. Uh, people don't like what they don't understand, right? Uh, mm. uh, and I mean, if even in politics, uh, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to diverge, but just a quick example. Uh, in some of the U.S. elections, uh, there's always analysis why someone won. And, and then one of the reasons a specific person won is that he spoke at a grade three or grade four level language. So people understood right. what the message and whatever the message is, but they understood the message and they actually memorized it. They can e easily quote him four or five times, right? Uh, yeah. Just because it was easy, not because it was the best. <laughs> Right, yeah, no, 100%. And I would bet my bottom dollar they also said or provided, what do you need to do now? Yeah. And that's something I forget a lot within CaliCube is I go, oh, look at this. It's really interesting. It's really brilliant. But I don't tell people what it means to their business, and I don't tell them what they need to do next. And so we come to the business aspect is you're talking about results-driven. What kind of results are you suggesting or proposing to your clients? Yeah, I mean, first, once you understand the business and if it's an e-commerce, they're looking for conversions. If it's uh, SaaS uh, signups, uh, sometimes they have other conversions like email signups or uh, form fill-ups, like contact sales, like whatever their goal is, this is where you start to, okay, understand what's bottom of funnel for them and how to create your funnel, your content mm -hmm and map it to, to the user journey, like uh, awareness, consideration, and then conversions. Uh, and, and from there, you can explain to the clients why this page is more valuable than the other, for example, right? Uh, if they're looking for more conver conversions, uh, that's the way to go. If they want uh, more traffic, then maybe more awareness con content would be the, the right thing to do. Right. Okay. And so if we say we have this result that we're looking for, we have a list of pages, we have a list of possible strategies, how do you map all that together to make the strategy that's going to work for your client? Okay. I'll give you an example right now. Uh, so I have a client, they have specific set of terms, AI related terms they want to break into. So yeah. 
you have in, in SEO, we have three levers, content, technical, and uh, link building. We're not doing link building for that client. So uh, for the content, okay, so we're going to create, the, the, the tactic we're going to use is we're going to create, obviously, a topic cluster and blogs mm -hmm. around the, the, the keywords they're after. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to build internal links. Um, and then... Uh, the second goal, for, they want to recover some of their traffic loss. Okay, then we're going to update, uh, do a content audit, update existing content, remove anything that's that should be removed. Um, and then you have, and, and then when it comes to technical, we check if there's any urgent issue that may get in the way. But other than that, I call this like site hygiene. There's things we need to do, but we do them because it's best practice and yeah, it can have like a slight impact, but it's not like the most impactful thing. Like, and, and I create this in like a very small, simple table, right? Oh, yeah. Like goal, uh, content bucket, what does it have in there? Uh, technical, it's just site hygiene and it goes for all the, go the, the goals. Um, and if we're, we're doing uh, link building, I would have a third bucket as well. Uh, for example, we would be targeting uh, getting links on for specific pages or in specific anchor text and so on. Um, and and in when we say create content again, uh, they, if the, their focus is uh, conversions, I would also say okay, start with bottom of funnel landing pages, right? Uh, and then work my way from there. If they're looking also for traffic, then I put prioritize next would be awareness and, and uh, consideration. Right. Yeah. And a, a lot of um, SEO work is just let's create lots of content. Yes. And just throw it out there and hope. And yeah. that's a real pity. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's like, that's what spray, spray and pray is, right? And that's the checklist, right? Like that just start creating uh yeah. blogs circuit if 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 the client is looking for conversions i always like to start and make sure that we have the bottom of funnel pages we need uh one time i was working on an agency website and they didn't even have the bottom of funnel. like even if we bring the people there's no page for them to convert on the services right, right. Uh, uh some of this like uh they can say for example social media management is a service that's true but then maybe you need tiktok so management mm -hmm. and then Instagram and maybe you can just divide it even deeper which will help you rank and in the same time when someone wants to convert to this specific service they feel it it, it actually matches what they were looking for right so um yeah if it, with conversion specifically I would work bottom of funnel um Again, with e-commerce clients, it's the same. I look for long tail keywords. I look in search consoles for long tail bottom of funnel keywords that they're getting impressions for, but they don't have a dedicated page for. Um, and, and and I also prioritize updating existing category pages uh, and then the top product pages in terms of profitability, for example, right? Especially if they right. have like tons of products, you can update all of them, but let's pick the ones that are more meaningful. Ooh. And when you say update category pages, what are the keys? Uh, okay, when I update the category page, uh, first of all, it sounds simple, but sometimes the categories actually don't have the products they say they have. Oh. Uh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes they, I don't know, It's maybe it's an internal mistake or something, but sometimes they don't have the products. You want to make sure they have the products. The products in the category, at least the top ones, the, the first ones on, on the page have the right uh, product mm -hmm. title. If you can add some text in there at the top, and uh, I, I give the clients options, either add it small, like a line, and then you have like a expand all, 
like to see more instead of having like a big chunk of text at the beginning because you don't want that but mm. you want text uh, or they can edit at the bottom um uh, if you can add uh, even at the bottom if you can add uh reviews if you I, so I, I like look at a few things and, and i think what can make this the best category page right mm. uh i get inspiration from amazon it, ha it it's perfect right <laughs> it has a lot of insights there so yeah Right, yeah, and, and the as you say, the order of the information is hugely important, and the fact that we need to start convincing people that we're a credible solution for them immediately that they engage with us, whether it's on a category page or a product page, is hugely important, and Google appreciates it. And then you talk about matching SEO tactics with results. Yeah, How I do mean, you go about that? Because you've got these results and it's a conversion and it's hugely difficult to say this tactic or strategy gave this result. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, okay, for content, it's much simpler. Like, for example, recently I suggested to a client we uh, create conquesting pages, which is their brand versus other people's brand, right? Right. Uh, because what was happening there is that people were searching for those comparisons and landing on the competitor's website. And obviously, you know, the competitor owns the story there. And yeah, so um, once we created this, it, it was it's easy to like show increasing impressions and clicks right away. It was crazy, yeah. right? Um, so that's, that's very simple. But sometimes it's more complicated when we're talking about technical stuff, right? Uh, I always right. try to figure out, okay, what I'm trying to fix, what is the number we're trying to fix? Is there a way to measure this? So if it's something with indexability, for example, it, it, will it increase the number of pages indexed? Uh, page speed or core vitals, there's some matrix there. I try to find what is this gonna impact. And, and it's funny because if you try to do your best there, at least in the beginning, you gain trust. Uh, right. sometimes you can even do it via a small test, like, uh, okay, how would I, I wanted to add links to the footer uh, for one of my clients and one of the places I worked at, and, uh, there was a lot of pushback and I said, okay, this is a test. Uh, I, I was actually worried it might not work. So I was like, okay, it's a test. <laughs> and then, uh, we added footer to the links and I had the test URLs and I had other URLs mm -hmm. to compare to, and you can easily see like. Once you added this to the footer, literally on that day, things started to increase. So um, you want to get then at least that trust in the beginning because that would help you in two things, getting buy-in, like you build trust, you get buy-in easier and faster. And then the second thing, you can also push back based off that because I worked with, for example, UX designers, you ask for something and they're like, oh, this is going to break user experience. And I'm like, I would be like, okay, Tell me how this is going to break user experience. Give me a number. Like, what is user experience? It's not that fluid thing that we can, like, bounce rate yeah. is going to increase. Like, what's going to happen? I need to under. So you can also push back, right? So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and that gaining trust to be able to push back is hugely important. Do you generally go in and find something where you know you can succeed to gain trust? So... I, I definitely look for these. Sometimes they're obvious, sometimes they're not. Um, so to gain trust, there's a, a lot of things you can do, right? Uh, show results, this is the best thing, but then also I, it's a small thing, but I notice it's very impact, impactful. Make sure, even if you're in-house, your deliverables should be 
next to perfect like the the best thing i even in in-house i put the logo i put the like the, the font the stuff oh, wow, because wow. i've seen people yeah they were like really surprised because if you show that you've put a lot of effort and thought into this and um and i also go to like if i have any meeting anything or if i recommend anything i make sure i know how to explain it i know how to justify it. i yeah. have an example from maybe other website or a case study i read or so like be prepared and send those things uh that way uh it was surprising like because people would usually internally they would send like send it like uh, i'm trying to slow down i speak too fast sorry so oh, it's internally fine, it's fine. <laughs> I, I i'm keeping up fine <laughs> Okay, so because internally people sometimes would like just a spreadsheet with like few things and you're what's happening. So the 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 cleaner, more organized, neat your work is, the more respect it, it will actually get. Brilliant. And just for anybody who's listening to the audio only and that was too fast, you can always <laughs> click on play at a slower speed, or you can come onto YouTube where you get the transcript. Uh, the caption subtitles, we always put them on the episodes, whoever's on the, the show, because we know that it's helpful to a lot of uh, watchers and listeners. So my next question, I, I was thinking about the what you said about spending a lot of time thinking about what it is you're going to do and how you can do it most effectively and efficiently. And yeah. what I, within CaliCube, tell people is take half an hour every day just to think about how you might do things better. And I think we often forget that being purely productive isn't necessarily productive and that stopping and thinking and just looking at the wall can be productive. Would that make sense? Is that what you're talking about? Or have I Yeah, I mean, okay. I mean, like sometimes you read really great content, right? But like I came across a post uh, on LinkedIn uh, recommending to do like a steps to some process. And it, mm. it's a really good thing, but I felt... Something is off, right? Oh, Something word. is off. Why is it off? I kept thinking about it. And then I realized this is the exact same process of something like, but much more complicated version. It's like literally like someone is asking you, where is your ear? And you say like here, like that's, right. that's what's happening. Right? Instead of like, it's here, it's like here. I always give this example. So uh, yeah. So over time, you'll get that sense like what, okay. Some like uh, some. What is the end goal? Once you you figure this out, mm -hmm. you realize I reached this place much simpler in the past. What's yeah. happening, right? So yeah, right, yeah. And, and saying what's my end goal? I mean, in this case, it's business. It's driving conversions that make a difference to a business. You say that's my goal. This is where I'm standing. This is the mess that's in between me and that goal. And if I just try to push through that mess, it's going to be a huge effort and it's going to be slow and it's going to be difficult and I'm going to waste a lot of time and resources. But if I stand back and think about it, I'm away. Now, next question is, is the first conversation you have with a client, what are your business goals? Yeah, definitely. Uh, not specifically that question, but I, ah. I like to listen to them. Like they come in, they talk about their business. Uh, it's it's nice to see what excites them about it, what they care about. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and and sometimes people are very like sometimes their business. You can tell it's their baby. Like obviously everyone cares about their business, but sometimes small business owners, it it it's a lot for them. So I I, I like to listen a lot. Um, I and then I start asking. Okay. Uh, how do you yeah. like what is a conversion for you how do you measure it um yeah that sort of things but um 
I mean, it's always good to listen to, uh, and I, and like they come in, they sometimes, sometimes people share their entire journey, their entire story. And they, like, you need to be taking notes because it's like all over the place. Like you need to be able to pick yeah. what's important to you. Right. Because, um, and, and what, what matters to them. Like, uh, one time I sat on a meeting for a, a business that's doing a, a website redesign. And then uh, they are sharing why they're doing this redesign. Why? So you start to realize, okay, they're looking to um, uh, have more clarity to their clients. It's not just like uh, colors and stuff. So, okay, yeah. how can we have more pages, for example, that reflects that, right? And and people always like it when you refer back to something they said. Okay, guys, you said this. I think this, right? Yeah. No, 100%. No, that's brilliant. And And I think a lot of us fail to listen. And come in saying, this is how it's all done. I'm the expert and this is what happens. And we fail to listen. And then do you ask them the question, this just occurred to me and I've got no idea if it's sensible or not. Do you ask them, what do you expect from me? Uh, what is success? Yeah, I ask what is success in this campaign. Ah. So it's a variation. Oh, that's yeah. a what? better way of saying it. No, no, it's not better. It's, it's just the same. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I ask this uh, uh, when I working with when I start working with people, even if I'm taking on a new role, I always ask what is success for you. What do you see? Okay, when mm. you say, okay, I hired the right person, right? So right. Um, and and sometimes it obviously it's about results, but sometimes it's also about uh, communication. Having the you you listen uh, about issues they had with previous people they worked with, like uh, right. previous SEOs and stuff. So you realize, okay, this mattered to them. This mattered to them. Um, yeah. Having a long term, so SEO takes time, and they understand that. So to keep them engaged with you long enough to see the results, there are other things that matter as well. Um, that, that, sorry, that's a great point. I'm sorry to interrupt, but but what is success in this relationship with, for you? Part of it, especially when a client has had problems with agencies or um, SEO specialists in the past or even digital marketing specialists, is uh, part of the success is, success is going to be that I trust you. Yeah. And we and had that with Merci Facteur, who were a huge client for us. And it took quite a long time for me to build that trust up. But once it uh, Robin trusted me. That was a huge win for him, and I didn't ask the question. I only figured it out afterwards, so I'm a bit foolish. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. <laughs> um, I, I, I think it also unlocks. So, if you ask these questions, you sometimes people list so many things you feel they don't have any realistic expectations. This right. is not going to work, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, even if you're applying for a job, if you were talking yeah. to a client, if you just understand their vision and what they're looking for, um, yeah, it, it 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 tells a lot if this is going to work for you or not. <laughs> Brilliant. No, absolutely, and and that's huge. And we can I wrap it up with. Understand your client, understand what they're looking for, understand what they're expecting from you, and figure out what the most efficient and effective strategy for them is going to be, where they will be satisfied with the work that you're doing, and build trust, get them on board, and spend a little bit of time thinking about what you do or you're going to do before you actually do it. And it will probably save you a lot of time. Thank you so much, Sarah. That was me summarizing what you said, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. It's taught me a few lessons. Um, last question is, how does SEO help with branded search or vice versa? 
Oh my God. Uh, SEO is very important for branded, for branded search. Uh, people think you'll automatically rank for your brand, not necessarily. Uh, second thing is that uh, a lot of the times there are so, so many other queries than just your brand name, like queries that include your brand name that other people are uh, taking advantage of and leveraging and capturing this traffic and you're missing out on. You need SEO to do research, find those opportunities, uh, create content, either new pages or ex update existing pages with parts that would answer your users' questions. Some of these are like essential things like where are your products made? Who is the founder? Is this trustworthy? Mm. And so on. So definitely you need to be there. Yeah. That's an absolutely brilliant answer. I love it. Um, but then that's the aim of the last question of the show. Thank you so much, Sarah. That was a great answer. Great conversation. Absolutely delightful. I love your knowledge panel. And I'm so happy that it was so easy for you. Um, and I really think if people work properly on their knowledge panel, it is actually a pretty easy job to do. Uh, we're going to now introduce Chris Outlaw for next week, how to build a unified brand and why strategy first matters. I'm not quite sure how to say that, so I'm going to say it again. How to build a unified brand and why strategy first matters. Now it makes sense. I'm really looking forward to it. Now I've understood how to say the title. Could you pass the baton, Sarah? Yeah, I have a baton here. I'm not sure if it's clear. <laughs> okay, so I'm passing yes. this to Chris Outlaw. I'm so looking forward to listening what he has to say about that topic. Uh, it looks interesting, especially when he says strategy first. So, yeah, uh, I'll stay tuned. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, strategy first. That's what you say too. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you everyone for watching. We'll see you next week with Chris Outlaw. That was delightful. Thank you. Bye-bye. CaliCube. It's all about your brand, SERP.